Welcome to the Flourish Coworking Space podcast. You're here with Laura DeFrancesco, Lindsay DeFrancesco, and Casey Fluharty. We have the home of Flourish Coworking Space in Westchester, PA, which is a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to come co-work, and we are bringing that to you virtually through this podcast. I'm Laura DeFrancesco, the president and CEO, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space, and Linz, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I am the co-founder of Flourish Coworking Space. I'm Casey. I'm the community manager at Flourish Coworking Space. Laura, that, that intro was on point. That was way better than what I would have done. I was just going to say, hey, this is Flourish from Westchester, PA. (laughs) Well, yeah, we have a pretty relaxed, casual atmosphere here, so we don't have too much planned, but I think we're pretty excited for the conversation. And if you hear puppies moving around or panting, it's because we're a dog-friendly co-working space. And although we're all working from home in the middle of coronavirus, our pups are always with us. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. So this podcast is basically going to be highlighting leaders in business and highlighting entrepreneurs and basically just hearing their stories because I feel like that's a majority of where we learn. We always learn from our community. So our first entrepreneur is going to be Laura. Oh, hey. (laughs) I love it. guys. (laughs) Well, let's start off, Laura, and tell everyone like some background on you, definitely highlight like your career path and where it started and where it is now. Yeah. So I grew up in Southern Chester County on a farm. I went to University of South Carolina and triple majored in international business, finance, and real estate. And then I did that in three years and went on to Villanova and got my JD and MBA at Villanova to practice law. And I've been a corporate attorney for over seven years now, almost eight years now in a couple months. Crazy how it's happened so quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I'm So I'm wondering because for anyone who wants to be a lawyer, what made you want to become a lawyer and what advice would you give to someone who is starting that career or is thinking about starting that career? Yeah. Yeah. I always went to all of the meetings with mom and dad as entrepreneurs and was constantly surrounded by attorneys and then also learned so much from our parents as entrepreneurs. And one of the things that dad said so much was that he always wished he went to law school and became an attorney so that he could be so good in business, although he's a better negotiator than most attorneys that I know because he knows so much and he cares so much about his business. But you learn so much about operating a business by being an attorney and advising so many other businesses. You get to see so many different situations unfold in front of you in such a short period of time because you're working on all the highest level issues with so many entrepreneurs and executives. So that's why I wanted to become an attorney. And my number one advice for anybody who wants to become an attorney is to actually shadow someone to see what it's like, because it was nothing like what I expected. And that was really hard for me to adjust to. I want to know, like, what, what do you mean by that? Like when you got there, was it, what was your experience that was different from what you had thought it was going to be? Yeah, I am such a bubbly person and I skip through the halls and I'm very lighthearted. And law school was a challenge because it went from me just always feeling in flow of who I am and chasing after my goals to going to law school where I felt like I had to 
really not just push myself, but also sort of fracture myself and be a little bit different. I had to be more serious. I had to, you have to present yourself a certain way to be respected in the legal community. And my bubbly personality, it tends to skew more to be perceived as young rather than being perceived as someone who's going to be advising you in your business on your highest level issues. So I felt like I had to create almost a divergence in my personality of someone who's super serious and knows what they're doing and can counsel big companies and people trust and then my normal bubbly self that might not come off quite that way. Yeah, I think that that's a a really big struggle for a lot of people in the business community because it's like one, not being taken seriously and also knowing like how to stay true to yourself. Like, don't you feel like you had to like work on like grounding within yourself and like being true to who you are? And like, how do you integrate that into like a career that's not bubbly and like super personal? You know what I mean? Like, how do you integrate your bubbly personality into a career that's like very suit and tie. Yeah, it was so hard. I mean, you remember when we, when you were in college and I was in law school, how I was having panic attacks and I was having to go to do yoga and really focus on my grounding because I think that problems in your health arise when there's just also issues in your personality and like your soul, if that makes sense. Like I feel like your internal struggles become – external issues when you're having things that you're dealing with in that way. So you saw that I was going through and trying to do grounding, spending a lot of time in nature. A lot of people see me on the weekends at my farm and at my boathouse and everything. And that's because those areas and those times are almost like an active meditation where it's something that I can be um, really relaxed in and feel like I'm bringing myself back to myself. But I do feel like I have another layer right now that I'm shedding of like seriousness and not quite being myself from seven years of being an attorney plus also going to law school. So I'm still working honestly on figuring out who I am at the core and my best ways to show that because I feel like I've had so much piled on me. What would you like say for anyone that's in a work situation? Because I feel like so many people can relate to that. Like even me and my corporate experience, I can still relate to like not fully feeling like you can be yourself at work, but looking back on it now and seeing that place that you were in where you weren't fully being like your fully like best expressed self, what advice could you give to someone in that situation to help them show up as who they like really are at work and most challenging things is just overcoming your own barriers and so you perceive this industry or this job as something where you have to be someone else to succeed and although I did create a more serious persona in work and working with my clients I don't think that it was actually necessary. And over the years, I peeled back on that. And I don't think that I've lost any respect. And it's very hard to trust in yourself enough that you are great and amazing as you are. And you don't need to filter yourself in different work scenarios. I was just going to say, put a filter on it. Yeah. Although I do think it's important, you know, have you know, speak more eloquently, write more eloquently, um, you know, that's fine. You can have really high 
quality of work in a way that doesn't impact your personality. But for me, it was something that was truly impacting my personality and who I am. And I feel like every single day right now, I'm trying to peel back those layers and filters and just explore more of who I am. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you're living in a world of people constantly like undermining you that like you feel like you have to put that filter on in order to like prove it to people. But like, I know that even, even in um, like when we were building flourish and everything, like I would have meetings with contractors and stuff. And I could just tell that when they're looking at me, they're like, okay, who am I actually supposed to be talking to? Because I look so young, but you know what? I just like show up every single time and I'm like, this is what we're doing. And I'm taking control of the situation. And like, I'm just going to keep on being confident in myself. And then you'll get used to it. <laughs> you'll stop feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. And I That's act- so true. Yeah, and I actually think that it's even cooler to be that differentiation in the world than to be the same as everybody else. Like, I think it's really cool, Lens, that you're young and we're all inexperienced and we're talking to contractors as if we've built out, you know, a building before when we haven't. But, you know, you really just learn as you go and you can't lose yourself in trying to be someone for somebody else when truly it's your life to live and you have to be yourself for yourself 100% of the time. Yeah, that's so true. I also feel like you guys were talking about like confidence and stuff. And I, I think from an outside perspective, like Laura, you're so confident. And it's, you know, I've known you guys since we were little, but that's something that I feel like you've always been super confident. Um, So like, where do you feel like you get your confidence to kind of step into these bigger roles, even when you don't have experience and stuff like that? Oh, thank you, Casey. That's so sweet of you. Yeah. And you know, I think it's something that I'm very fortunate that was just ingrained in I think our family culture and in who I am as a person, our parents really raised us to think that you can do absolutely anything in the world and there's nothing stopping you. You just have to work hard and find a way to do it. And I, I have just always been such a big dreamer and a lot of people, you know, people are wired differently in that some people are wired to see the problems that you have to face Lindsay knows this because it gets me in trouble a lot. I'm wired that I don't see any issues with doing anything (laughs) and it gets me in a lot of trouble. But it's also, it's just, you have to appreciate yourself and your qualities and the pros and cons to them. The pro is that I have a tremendous amount of confidence that I can do whatever and I'll accomplish whatever I choose to put my energy and force into. But at the same time, you know, on the other side of things, I dive into things. I just don't see any issues. And I just literally my mind works as if I don't care about the how. It'll all work out itself. I just know it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's such good advice. Yeah. I love that. It's funny because we come from the same family, but we're like, like I never grew up confident. I'm like definitely not. I wouldn't say like a dreamer. I feel like I'm more of like the realistic person, but I do want to get into like, because we're like right now, I feel like this is building up to like your career and like talking about like the personal development and stuff, but which I do think comes before like the whole building of the empire, but I want to get into like your career path. So you were working as a lawyer and I want to hear about like your transition from going to working at a firm 
to starting your own business and what that looked like? I know that you worked at a couple of different firms. Um, So talk about that transition. Yeah, I worked at a firm in Delaware for two years and I was really getting burnt out. And I was also not practicing in the area of law that I wanted to practice. So Delaware has special Delaware counsel, meaning that you work on very small facets of a really, really large transactions. And they're going to be like all of your Wall Street Journal headliner transactions and everything, but you're doing such a small piece of it. And I really wanted my practice to be something where I'm working directly with the entrepreneurs and executives to handle all of the work that they're doing in terms of corporate law. So I made the transition one because I wanted to find something that had a better environment. And then I also wanted to find something that was a really good opportunity for me to learn because the whole reason, of course, that I became a lawyer is so that I could be a really good person in business. And you can only be someone really good in business if you're seeing a wider range of issues and understanding and working through those at a deeper level with your clients. So I made that change. And I think it's important to note too that I took a massive salary cut. I took a $15,000 salary cut to change and create more opportunity in my career path. And I quickly made that up, but I think it's important to note that it's okay to step back, quote unquote, sometimes when you see an opportunity that has greater longevity and could create greater value for you. So the knowledge and experience that I was going to receive working more deeply with clients on a wider range of issues was more valuable to me um, and my health was more valuable to me than the salary that I was receiving. So two years in, I switched to a firm in Pennsylvania and I worked there for another five years um, before I started my own firm and company. But I've always wanted to start a company since I was little, and that was the whole reason why I got my JD and MBA and I triple majored to build really solid foundations in business so that I was prepared. But I'm going to be honest, I didn't expect that I was going to have a law firm. That came as a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Like out of all the businesses that you would create, you didn't think that it was going to be a law firm at first? No, 100% because I just don't think that law firms are good business models. And although our law firm has a much more sustainable and stronger business model than your traditional law firm, I don't think that the legal field is the best field to be in in business because it's a direct exchange of your time for money, which is not a good uh, solution if you're looking to build generational wealth. Because It's not scalable. Is that what you mean? It's not- a hundred percent. It's not scalable. And if something were to happen to me tomorrow, I would have zero income. So it's not a really solid business model in that respect. And then the traditional legal field is not a good business model because they have, you know, more partners sometimes than associates. And so they're so top heavy that they have really difficult time adjusting to the economy and they have really high overhead. So they're very slow to respond to economic changes. So I didn't think I would have a law firm, but hey, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I never thought that I would work for a law firm. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Being a lawyer is different than anything I expected. It's a lot more reading and writing and emailing and sometimes phone calls. I thought it would be a lot more in-person negotiations, but with technology, 
my clients are all over the country and the world. And so I haven't actually met most of my clients, which is crazy because I've been working with so many of them for so many years. Yeah. But it's crazy. It is crazy. How did you set Dean Street Law apart from the rest? Like, what was your strategy behind it? It, out of all the, like, what other options were you thinking about starting? Were you thinking about other options to start a business or or were you just like, this is making sense for me? Yeah. Well, I got to the point where I felt like I was losing more by staying at the law firm than I was by starting my own company because there's so much opportunity when you start your own company to build your wealth and then also to diversify your time. So you have unlimited income potential when you have your own company, but when you work for someone else, you're constantly going to be told how much you're going to make and you're constantly going to be told the work that you're going to work on. And I just knew so deep in my soul that I have so much potential in this world that I was not fulfilling. And I felt that every day that passed, those opportunities to fulfill that was getting farther and farther away. And you become more risk adverse over time. So I felt like I was ready and I was going to start a form of a law firm, but I was going to launch a book first. And then I was going to provide online classes about how to be your own lawyer, essentially, so that you can be able to represent yourself well because there's such a large contingency of small businesses who don't pay a lawyer because they can't afford it but need legal advice on how to best represent themselves. So I was going to write a book and that's what I did when I quit my job. (laughs) I quit my job and I started writing a book. I'm two-thirds of the way done and I have been so busy ever since I have not yet finished that book. (laughs) Um, What's the book about? It's about real estate and how to negotiate it, your real estate transactions, because real estate is typically the number one investment that everybody makes in their lives. And you put so much weight into that investment and into your savings. And most people don't know so many things about how you're able to negotiate real estate so that it is a solid investment. And you have people who are more well-off and wealthy hire an attorney for million-dollar-plus properties. And so I've represented high-net-worth individuals with respect to real estate, and I've also represented corporate real estate companies with respect to real estate. And I take all of that information and digest it in a way that it it can help the average consumer who's buying their first home. Yeah, so I was going to ask, who is this book written for? It's basically written for you buying your house next year. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. And I feel like Dean Street Law and everything you do with Dean Street Law does a really good job at like bridging the gap between like someone like me who has literally no idea. And I'm sure most people have no idea unless you're a lawyer, like what le- legalities go into these types of things. And I think you do a really nice job on Instagram and stuff, making it kind of like user friendly and providing like you know, tips for people to just like understand it more of like, I don't want to say a basic level, but basically a basic level, because it's just kind of like an abstract thing that unless you're like fully in the field, you probably don't know like a lot about, um, you know, now that you're doing it that and where do you kind of see and want your company Dean Street Law to, to go? Like, what's your vision for it? 
I am still positioning it for that. We have a number of clients that we serve and we really exploded in the first couple months where our my old clients tracked me down and asked if I would continue working for them. And so we grew tremendously quickly and I was never able to fulfill those original ideas that I had. But I still think that that's truly the future of Dean Street Law. I'd like to move from a business that is solely making money from the hours that I put in to something that's more sustainable, more scalable. And if heaven forbid something were to happen to me, everybody on our team would still have a job and would still be able to continue thriving and prospering. And so I really would like to still write that book, publish that book. And I really like to come up with more educational resources for people so that they can bridge that gap because you really shouldn't have to be an attorney and go through law school and practice and deal with the harassment of senior associates to have a good understanding of how to represent your business well. That should be something that every business owner has access to, and it should be in a way that's easy to understand and implement. So that's my goal for Dean Street Law. Yeah, it's what Rachel Hollis basically talks about. I hate this analogy, but it's so, but it really like hits the nail on the head. But the bus test, it's like if you got hit, if you're an entrepreneur and you got hit by a bus tomorrow, would your business still be able to sustain itself? Like, do you still have the resources, the systems put in place and everything like that for your business to, to be able to continue. Yeah, exactly. And we, we don't currently, but that's something that we're moving towards every single day. And I think you guys are obviously an integral part of the team in helping us realize that goal. Definitely. And then I think it's also important to note that you said that your clients from your law firm that you were previous at, like tracked you down to be like, we want to keep working with you. I feel like it's so important that even if you are at your day job and dreaming and thinking about all these things that you want to do, like you can do that, but you still need to show up 110% to the job that you have now, because that's like networking, that's future clients. That's like also your livelihood and your reputation right now, you know, but I think that it's important that like, if you do start a side hustle that you want to become your full-time job or what have you, that like you still need to show up to like what you're responsible for during that moment, 110% every single day, even though you're still dreaming about something else. Mm-hmm. I think that's such good advice, Lens. I love that because it's so true. That is your reputation. And I always think of things as adding opportunity in my life. Getting my JD and MBA created more opportunities than if I had just gotten my JD, you know, Working, uh, positioning myself at the second law firm that I worked at created more opportunities by giving me better experience. You always want to do things and act in a way that creates more opportunity and doesn't close doors because you truly never know when things might unexpectedly happen. And I believe so much in manifestation and in creating a vision of what you want and then going hard, so hard after it that it just comes alive around you, but you also don't know how it's going to happen. And my goal was to be an entrepreneur and to have multiple businesses. And this was never how I expected it to happen. And you have to trust in the universe and put good out there in the universe, including by serving your clients and putting 110% into your current business, even if you're doing a side hustle. Totally. I think that that's really awesome advice. I think that that's... It's really good. That's really good. 
I do kind of want to go back a little bit and talk about, so when you did transition from your old law firm to starting Dean Street Law, like what did that look like? Like literally, like what was the first thing that you did when you were like, okay, I'm quitting that job and I'm going to start this business? Like literally, like where did you start? Was there a book that you were like, I'm going to read this book? Was it just like, I'm going to set up my email on my website and like hope for the best or like what, like what did you do first? So I have been quote unquote starting this business since before I even finished law school. I have business plans of tons of different ideas that I've had over the years and different um, job descriptions that I created for people that I would want on my team and delegations and everything. So it's truly been something that I've been working on for so many years and planning for so many years. Because are people like this? People just have do entrepreneur Casey. Are we doing something wrong? Do we need to have journals where we're just like, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to build, and this is who's going to be a part of it? Lauren, Laura is a superwoman. I literally is a different breed of person because. Oh, that's funny. But I think that yeah. that's awesome that you were always like manifesting it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lynn's the the job descriptions that we used initially for Dean Street Law, I pulled from my previous business ideas. So I think it's funny how things happen that way. But truly, when I d- made the decision, which was probably – in 2018, I started the business in January, February of 2019. So probably the year before that or the summer before that, I was creating a boss Bible is what I called it, called it. And it was a document where I was putting all of the different management tips that I came across on articles and podcasts and everything into a document and hiring tips and marketing tips and everything. So I was just digesting as much information as I could possibly consume constantly every single day. I had an hour commute for a lot of those times when I was commuting for one of my clients and I would listen to podcasts back and forth the entire time and on my lunch break and any walks that I went on or workouts that I did, I was constantly consuming podcasts and I loved Jenna Kutcher's um, Gold Digger podcast and I really, really love the Skinny Confidential podcast and I dabble into other podcasts as well and those are really helpful. But whatever you're learning curve is, whatever the medium is that you learn best, I would go after that and start just ramping yourself up and getting yourself ready because you're not going to know everything, but you should have a general working understanding of all the different facets of a business or as many as you can so that you are prepared to delegate or do it yourself or figure out how it needs to be done. You know, there are just a lot of facets of business that you have to know about in order to do it and sure you can learn in the midst of it but I personally prefer to like ramp myself up always in preparation for my next level and then I also just jumped in and started making the website and I mean that was all stuff that happened though after I quit because I didn't have time to do anything else other than learn and create you know my structures and ideas 
while I was still working. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's also like such good advice for people to hear because I've never heard like those specifics before, you know, like just start mapping it out, maybe, you know, writing things down, seeing what comes up and like what your future company or business would look like, just really jotting things down and brainstorming. For Flourish, though, because, you know, you had Dean Street Law for two years before Flourish was an idea or? No, just not not even oh. one. I only had Dean Street Law for six months before we, or seven months before we started the idea of, and then a couple months later working on creating Flourish. Oh gosh, so that seems like it happened much quicker than your, you know, or is it kind of all encompassing with the with the same thing, kind of creating these structures beforehand to start businesses? Like, did you use the same things to start Flourish that you did Dean Street Law? Or is it like you just saw a need for something and then, you know, created ideas and plans for Flourish? Yeah, Flourish, I think it Flourish is truly the physical embodiment of the community that I've always been trying to cultivate, which is really cool. So one thing that I didn't mention that I had been working on since I was in law school was creating community. And I think that's really important. No matter what your business is, you're going to need a community to launch that to. And so I've been cultivating a community online and in person through networking and just building relationships for a very long time. And that was always something that I was doing in preparation for launching my business. And Flourish was a way to bring that in person. I had Live Lovely, my blog, several years ago and was trying to do in-person meetups and a book club and so many of the things that we do now at Flourish. So Flourish is really just an embodiment physically of that. But what happened was we were growing so quickly with Dean Street Law. I had people working out of my home and we needed office space. So my family is in real estate investment and we had this office building open And I thought originally, well, we only need a portion of the office space because our team typically mostly works remote. And then also our clients are all over the country, so we don't have too much going on in the office. And I also prefer to sort of move as I work, so I don't like to work in the same spot for too long. So we had this office space, and originally I was thinking about sort of partitioning it off and renting out other spaces. And then I thought, well, why not just make a co-working space? And I'd never been in a co-working space (laughs) before we decided to make a co-working space. And honestly, it was a very quick decision. And we mapped it out financially and came up with business plan and everything. And Lindsay and I just kind of dove into it and just started building out Flourish community and the space and the design was so fun. And of course, we're so grateful to have you on board and be part of that journey with us. Oh, I am too. Yeah, I do think that like the coming about of Flourish was a lot different than the coming about of Dean Street Law. Like I feel like for Flourish, we spent like two months like just like sussing out all the ideas, like what we wanted it to be named, like what we wanted the design concept logo to look like, what like we wanted it to embody. I feel like we spent a really long time creating the business plan. And like, not that I think that I regret that, but like, I think we went to the Rachel Hollis business conference. And then we like, after that, we were like, let's just do it. (laughs) Like we're going to launch. And literally, I think, 
I think it was then that we were like, we're going to launch right at the start of the new year. And we gave ourselves two months to like turn around an entire space. I wish that everyone saw like what the space looked like beforehand because it was not cute. But like we just pushed ourselves and like gave ourselves like these crazy deadlines and like just got it to got it up. And like uh, I think that a lot of the times we were like revisiting like, okay, what can we cut back to like make this like everything that's just essential for us to like open basically. I think that Flourish is a little bit different because like in order to start that business, you have to have like a space to present to people. Whereas Dean Street Law, like you can just say, hey, I'm a lawyer. Can I serve you? You know, like you don't have to have as much like presentation material, you know? Right. I mean, Dean Street Law was unexpected too. So I had clients before I had everything. I had clients and they were like, you're ready, you know, like we want to work with you. I'm like, okay, filing the company right now and getting the business insurance right now. And I was, I didn't have a website for probably the first month or two. Oh my God. Um, that's so, that's like so awesome for people to hear though. Yeah. I was so not prepared to have a law firm. <laughs> like it really truly was not the idea of what was going to happen. But it's like so cool that like the universe was telling you that this is what you're supposed to do. And you took that and it's literally, we're reading Big Magic right now for um, our book club, for the Flourish Book Club. And it's about like ideas come and go and like pass us and we can like either grab for that idea or like if it's not meant for us, then it like carries on and like carries on its path and maybe goes to someone else, whatever. But, like, it's, like, this idea, the universe was giving you this, and you, like, actually grabbed it, and you were, like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to run with it, you know? Yeah. I also mm-hmm. think it's important for people to understand that, like, this is just total proof that, like, it's probably never going to be the perfect timing. You're probably never going to have everything together that you think that you need. But, like, just acting on it and launching, and then, I know Skinny Confidential, she always says, like, launch and adjust, So, you know, just like launching it and adjusting from there, like as to what you need afterwards, like it's never probably going to be the perfect time or you're never going to have everything together, but just doing it is half the battle, like most of the battle, you know? Yeah. And that's truly my wheelhouse and the way I operate too, is I just like to start working on something and then figure it out as I go because I just feel like I'm able to make more informed decisions as I go, but it's so true. It's so much better to just jump in, although that is why, Linz, we kept having to cut back the amount of things that we were going to do to open to just the essentials, and then we were like, okay, wait, is that actually essential? Because we had so many to-do lists. Like, I have never in my life experienced that many to-do lists. And That was crazy. I know. And we both jumped into that and just seized it. And we'd had zero experience in the space of co-working spaces and you figure it out as you go. And I also think that that has to do with confidence too. I personally think it's almost better to go in blind, not knowing everything because I think it would intimidate most people out of taking action to know how much time and energy and work something is to manifest it. That's so true. So like, what advice do you think you would give to someone who is wanting to start their own business, but is hesitant to take that leap? I would test out 
your ideas and not just test them out as whether or not they're profitable. Test them out in all different respects. So first of all, a lot of things that look attractive as a hobby and you think that you would want to do as a career if you actually spend all of your time doing are a lot less attractive or Alternatively, some things that look glamorous and glitzy, once you get behind the scenes to see what it actually is like, you understand whether you want to make those sacrifices and do those things. For example, one example that I think of all the time is Olivia Culpo. Her her life looks so glamorous and glitzy, and I'm sure a lot of aspects are, but you have to ask yourself, am I willing to be on a plane probably 300 days out of 350 days out of the year? Do you know what I mean? You have to ask yourself and test that theory, not just is it going to be profitable, but is it going to align with the life that you want? Is it going to be something where you're going to take the sacrifices and make the sacrifices that you need to to get there and then also of course start testing out the idea and whether it's viable profitability wise whether it's something that the consumer would be interested in i always like doing things small scale sometimes before doing things big scale there's other things like just start i agree with that boss. <laughs> that, I, that we didn't test out small scale first but oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> finer details <laughs> but those are those are some of the things that I recommend for people to do first. Linz, do you have any thoughts? I think that it's uh, right now we're we're um we're actually writing a sixty days to start your business for Flourish right now um okay. to help any of our leaders in business. But I think that as I'm writing this, like I think it's so important for people to start small. I always say like dream big, but start small because. One, like it tests, you can test out the market, test out your audience, get feedback from your audience, but like also it's a way for you to test your commitment and test, um, like if this is what you want to do, like, are you this passionate about it that like, this is what you want to do. So you test out the market and test out the audience, but like, also it shows you a little bit, you learn a lot about yourself. Like how actually committed am I to this? Like test your commitment, test, like how consistent you can be with it and everything like that. Yeah, I think a lot of things look good romantically as ideas, but Mm -hmm. don't look great once you're actually in the thick of it and doing it. One thing that comes to mind for me, Linz, that I think of all the time with respect to you is you had always wanted to do a cafe. Looking back, do you think that that would have been – I know that that's something that we still talk about here and there, but realistically, do you think – Yeah, and I think that that's something that I do always think about because, well, one, I could never own an actual restaurant because – like fitting with my lifestyle I just couldn't be a person who like dinner time was the time that I was working like I really value time with my family and I wouldn't want to be away during that time but like you also have to think about like being dedicated to a space that like you have to show up this is going to sound so bad but like you have to show up there every single day even if like you have something like if you have a bad day if you like are super tired if you didn't get sleep the night before like you have such a big responsibility when you have a brick and mortar and yeah I mean like that's definitely something that I still think about and I don't know the answer I'm not like opening a cafe tomorrow but like when I do think about that like those thoughts definitely run through my head like could I actually do that Mm mm-hmm 
And Case, you've always wanted to open up a uh, little boutique, right? Yeah, I always like think about having some sort of clothing, you know, sustainable clothing company of some sort. But I mean, I think that that's such a good point. Like, you know, that's seven days a week. And just thinking about it, like actually playing with the idea and stuff like that, it's you have to consider like the kind of lifestyle you want to have and and stuff like that. But you can also try out other things like Lynn's UF Sweet Green Soul, which, you know, fills a type of gap or void that not having the cafe has, you know, so that's like a way that you can do it online and still have like the lifestyle you want. But I just, I, yeah, I think it's like so important everything you guys are saying to actually, you know, think about the kind of life or like what it would take to have that, that come to life, whatever you're thinking of doing. Yeah. But then again, like also, I think that you're right, Case. Like, I think that Sweet Green Soul like definitely does fill that like entrepreneurialness that I'm looking for. So that's just like going back to like starting small, but like dreaming big. So like, yeah, maybe one day I will have my restaurant and I won't be in the position where I have to be there every single day because I'll have a team that's like super excited and who can do that, you know? But like, I'm starting small. I'm like seeing my commitment. I'm seeing my audience, my feedback, like, and maybe one day down the line, like that's where that'll lead, you know? Yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, let's, And I feel like we should end with something like that we ask everyone. What is your philosophy for life or something that you like to like go by? Yeah, I love that. Like what's your mantra? Like what's just something like? I think my mantra is put out good in the world and good will come back to you. I think that's one of the philosophies that I believe true to my heart. I love that. I love that too. This was great, girl. Yeah. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's. Um, first I just want to share with everybody, we are going to be launching that 60 day or business opening launching, um, plan and 60 days to launch your business, 60 days to launch your business. So stay in loop for that. Make sure that you subscribe, leave us a review. We are going to have a big giveaway for all of our people that leave a review. So make sure that you include in the review, how we can contact you so that we can let you know. And if you'd like to connect with us more, you can of course find us on Instagram at flourish Westchester. And on that, you can find our online community to chat more, join our book club. You can find me, Laura DeFrancesco, at Laura M. DeFrancesco. Yeah, so check out Laura. Definitely, she has a big story. And if you want to check out Dean Street Law, it's at Dean Street Law. Um, And you're welcome to, I'm going to put it out there, you're welcome to send Laura any of your questions about (laughs) about being a lawyer. Um, But yeah, uh, let's do a giveaway. And if you enter, then you'll get a free month of Flourish. Do we like that? Oh, I love that. That yeah. sounds like such a cool idea. For all of our side hustle, yeah. for all of our entrepreneurs, everything like that. Okay? Perfect. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank all you, right. Lynn. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey everyone, we have such an exciting announcement. We are hosting the first ever Flourish Coworking Space Business Bootcamp. We have such a stacked lineup. It will be for three Wednesday evenings 
in May from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, and we will be meeting virtually on May 13th. We'll be talking about business planning and leadership management. On May 20th, we'll be talking about marketing, sales, and strategy. And May 27th, we'll be talking about business, financials, taxes, and accounting. We hope that you join us and you can use the discount code WEGROWTOGETHER for 10% off until May 1st. We Grow Together will get you 10% off. You can bundle and save. So if you'd like to attend all three workshops, you'll get one session free and save $49. But if you can't and you just want to choose one or two of those, you can still use the code We Grow Together until May 1st to get 10% off. We will have all the information linked in the show notes. We hope that you join us. And if you didn't know and you've missed prior workshops. You can always find those in the Flourish co-working shop that we have linked in the show notes as well. You can do either the social media management workshop or the money management workshop. And if you're unable to attend the sessions that you sign up for, you will always have access to the video and you can even sign up for them after or get them after in the Flourish shop. So we hope to see you there and we hope you join us. Dean Street Law is our sister company. I'm Laura Francesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup and the different types of entities, all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Dean Street Law. We provide a lot of free information and always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks guys.